my friend. We cannot keep this a secret any longer. Bob and Zip. Sitting on the porch, I just finished mowing the lawn, which is a six-hour job uh, here. Oh, my. Even with the rider mower. Wow. Well, yeah, it, it's seven acres of grass. Yeah, that'll do it. It's like a golf course, <laughs> yeah. which is nutty. My wife, my wife wanted that. We had... Uh, uh, prior to that, Ed, Zip, uh, turn your headphones as low as you can so we get that, don't get that slap back we always get. What? Nah. Slap <laughs> <laughs> so, bang. So we, we had pasture, which was a field when this was originally a farm, and cows were in there. But Lisa was like, I'd really love for you to mow it. Which is, <laughs> this is her tradition, by the way, and I don't know if Jeannie does this. Or the imaginary wife that you don't have, Ed, does this, but <laughs> Lisa will Ed think too, of <laughs> Lisa will think of things that I should be doing faster than yeah. it would take like like she'll say something it takes her four seconds to say and yep. it'll take me an hour to do. And uh-huh. she's already thought of three more things. I'm like, honey. <laughs> well, there are her, sixty all. seconds in a minute. That's it's a rule. So anyway, so I mowed the lawn. I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden, I get a text from Zip. Aren't we uh, starting at 4.15? I was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So uh, my apologies. That's right. Yeah. But we're here, and we oh, have boy, boy, Clarence. Yeah, lots of stuff to talk about. How are you guys doing? Are you holding up okay? Terrible. Everything's fine. So, uh, Ed, you're not doing well. You have... Ed. No. I'm, I'm miserable. The air is out still. And I've been uh, trying to track down the building manager, and he's got one, you know, he did get back to me to his credit, but it's one of those blind boxes where it doesn't show you the number, so you can't call him back and vent. So <laughs> your air conditioning is out when you say the air is out. Yeah. The, and how the hot cooling is it towers are in down. Detroit right now? It, it's, it's got, I, I, that's a good question. Hang, hang on a second. Hey, Siri, what temperature is it outside? It's 77 degrees. But uh, oh, I, again, but with southern exposure, human. this is a solarium. Yes. Uh, but without air conditioning, yeah, obviously, it, it, it all just craps out in there. I'm going to turn off my uh, phone. Now, you know, these, are, notification these, these are third world problems. <laughs> yes. Other big, bigger things going on. I don't, you know what? I can't turn off my, <laughs> my phone's notifications because I'd have to go through every single freaking app. All right. I just put it on Do Not Disturb. So... Uh, before we go. get started today, I do have a mm-hmm. medical story to tell you. It's not Uh-oh. about me. Oh, good. It's not about the President of the United States, but in a way, it kind of is. Is it about Zip? We'll start with the fact that um, medicine is something doctors practice. Uh, Yes, practice does not make perfect. And there's a reason they call it practice. There's nothing perfect about (laughs) medicine. Uh, Donald Trump today said that uh, he wondered whether he should be taking insulin. Insulin, yeah. Despite him not being diabetic. Yeah. And uh, this was actually Tuesday, so it was a couple days ago. Okay. I don't use insulin, Trump said. Should I be? Huh? Never thought about it. But I know a lot of people are very badly affected, right? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, I don't know if he meant for COVID-19 
or he's just trying to relate to most of his voters. Old white guys, a lot of them are on insulin. Uh And uh, all people with type 1 and some with type 2 diabetes, the body doesn't make insulin the way it should. Trump has no known history of diabetes, although he's working on it. With his He's diet. a candidate, boy. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean for the next election. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Why <laughs> yeah. did he ask that? Do you know, Ed, why he asked that? He, you know what? He, he freewheels without any uh, apparent uh, sinewy tissue connecting or his thought. thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or thought. <laughs> yeah. In other I mean, words, it was I just a weird that he, thing he, that he said. Yeah, I think he pads for time and thinks that what's coming out maybe is he, not nonsensical. Maybe he has a co-fever. Co-fever? <laughs> hey. Yeah. <laughs> I have waited three and a half years. His now, his medical history, his medical history is is pretty much not been exactly. He's not been forthcoming with it. Well, I don't, I don't nor his tax returns. <laughs> I mean, if yeah. you look at him, right. it's forthcoming. I mean, he's like a lot of guys our age. He's basically, you know, let himself go a bit, and he's. Uh, but by the same token, he, he's not like. It's not like there aren't forty uh, percent of Americans that are in the same category. Hey, forty mm. percent. How did he get that forty percent? He is morbidly well, obese. Thought, you call that morbidly yes. obese? I thought that was... Yeah, he technically qualifies. Yeah, yeah, technically. But I thought that was uh, a low... Uh, I thought that was a low jab by Nancy Pelosi. Uh, she did use oh, that I, I, I think but it was, was At least it was factual. Well, but if you don't like some yeah. guy yeah. because he's <laughs> rude, crude, and impolite and is always putting people down... Yeah then what would be a good tactic for you to use? Maybe not the same well, thing. Well, it depends on, on, on how fast he can run, because I'm pretty spry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. But anyway, that's my thing these days, is that I don't think that... Uh, I don't think anything people are doing to try and hurt Trump is working. Um, and so um, all, my, all my peeps who are grumbling and annoyed about him, I'm saying, how's that working out for you? And then yeah. all my peeps who are his supporters, I got to hand it to them. They, none of them would live the way their president lives, but mostly they just seem to be enjoying that he gets on your nerves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? The other side. Yeah. All right. Back Although to, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I. Good. Go ahead. I was no. just going to say, I sort of agree with, with I agree with your observation that that he's just perhaps he thinks he needs some kind of a not a disease but some kind of medical issue just to relate to the masses yes he's i think so around so many ill people he yeah. feels like he needs something to relate relatable i think so I, well and he's it, also trying to pander to the older vote which is uh, you know he uh, uh, quickly before they all die of COVID 19. all right so well yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, but they seriously have. Do you know somebody in their seventies that doesn't know somebody who has lost someone because of this? So it's weird. I know people who have had it, but I, yeah. uh, as of yet, don't know anyone that I've lost directly that I know, other than you know, great a songwriter. Um, mm-hmm. But you do, and, and you know, you don't know someone who knows someone. Um, 
No, but I, I'm, I, you know, I live at the end of a dirt road in Vermont and grow my own corn. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about your new crop. Yeah. Oh, the corn is up. I'm so excited. So can I tell you this medical story before I get off track? Sure. Remember, we started yes. with the fact that I have no memory whatsoever. <laughs> so I picked up this book called... As exemplified by the late start. Sure. Uh, I picked... <laughs> okay. Look, just pick at me like seagulls if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> sooner I get started, sooner I'm done. All right. I picked, All right, up, picked up this book about uh, 11 years ago. And uh, I might have even interviewed the author. And it's one of those things that sits on the shelf. And I finally read it. The book is called Trick or Treatment. Have you ever heard of it? Huh. I, you know, I I'm may have ears. during my uh, talk radio days, yeah. But we, that what we had was a lot of authors. We didn't. There was no way if you do talk radio and all the uh, authors that you interview that you have time to read all of their books. No, you really don't have the time. No, you can bullet point the books. Yeah. So trick or treatment yeah. is an interesting book because it's purported to be by scientists about the undeniable facts regarding alternative medicine. And clearly, it's a hit piece on naturopaths. Yes. It's called Trick or Where Treat. Threat. Yeah. And, Greek pharma, yeah. And, and the I in Trick is like a supplement pill, and of the course. T in Treatment is like a leaf. And so, it was funny to me, because currently, uh, for my Lyme treatment, after two and a half years of trying various Western medicine and prescription drugs, I'm now taking that supplement pill and extracts of all kinds of plants and they seem to be having some good effect the point of the book and i'll and i'll just basically uh, summarize it in, in two sentences before i tell you the story at the beginning of the book okay. the point of the book is that we are a gullible species oh yeah supplements alone supplements Make they attack chiropractors they attack mm -hmm. acupuncture they basically say that any benefit you get from any of these things is the placebo effect yeah yeah and i believe that you do too yeah but use it i do i i don't know about chiropractic uh, chiropractors but i but supplements i do know you're, you're basically creating expensive urine that I've read that a lot of it just uh, goes out your pee and doesn't really get absorbed the way real vitamins it's not, do. It's not regulated. Yeah. No. no. Uh, Zip, how about you? Uh, not to say that it doesn't work for some people's individual chemistry. You know what I mean? I, I would imagine some concoction that is ineffective on the majority of people might work well on a guy that's just got a weird set of genes. You know I, what I mean? I think that's an open-minded uh, and... And with respect to science, possibility, because there's no studies that prove that, you can't say it doesn't happen. Uh, so, Can I uh, interest you in some Amway supplements, Bob? No. While we're talking about <laughs> Are you being oh, paid under the table by Betsy DeVos? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, I, I picked up this book because it's the same reason I watch Fox News. Because if I'm predisposed not to believe something, unlike most people, I want to know what are all the arguments. 
I want to know, you know, how does how do these people think? And I did read the book. Extrapolate that, and and it's it made me think of chiropractors as chiro malpractors. Mm -hmm. It made me think that who who have actually made people lame. By the way, they had that has well, of course, yeah. There's got to be a bad one, bad apple anyway. Yeah. But I also it's, think of a bit of a dark art. acupuncture and the whole idea of the, they call it the chi and the meridians and all of that. Mm-hmm. The, the, the chakras and all it, your different It's drugs. completely unproven. There's no scientific basis for it whatsoever. Someone just made it up. Well, they, they did, but they did hmm. it a billion years ago. You know. But uh, what's that? I think that, I say they did it a billion years ago, though. Acupuncture is not a Western deal. No, it's been around for thousands of years, not billions. Yeah, no, I'm saying I was exaggerating, but I'm saying that. But does that? But they've they've been at this thing a lot longer than we have. We're a young. But does that give it? And by the way, that is one of the things in the book that it 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 sort of gives it a credibility that it's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. Does that make you believe maybe there's something to it? I tend to believe that the best medicine is a combination of East and West. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've just finished reading this trick or treatment book, so I'm completely hypnotized by it. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I want to see Maybe some proof of something. I want to see some studies. I want to see, and, and there were tons of studies done on acupuncture, and the only thing they could prove is that the placebo and the acupuncture are pretty close to the same thing for most ailments. Oh, ye of little faith. Yes. Mom. <laughs> Uh, you think that acupuncture comes from God? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) No, I'm not. But you just—you're one of the cold hard math guys. That if it's not visible, it's not right in front of me. So, so in that case, throw away your cell phone because you can't see that either. Yeah, how that works. Uh, Let me let let me relate all of this to to my injury, my broken shoulder. Right. So when I was in the hospital, I saw the the uh, orthopedic guy. And he said, I just want to be up front with you. You're 67 years old or 66. You know, your shoulder's never, your shoulder is never going to be right. I just want you to know that right. going into this. With that said, oh. you should probably get most of the motion back and, you know, you, you'll be functional. You'll but drum. I just, you just, don't, just don't join a Led Zeppelin cover band. <laughs> okay. You so play Margaritaville. Led Zeppelin. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I go, I go to the physical therapist, and their whole scene, and probably to benefit their operation, was, oh no, you know, we can do this. We've got all these, you know, the cold therapy and blah blah blah. Right. And then I asked a few other people, and I said, well, you really should get a cortisone shot because that's going to help. And and again, I think a mixture of all of them probably would work. Uh, nothing has really worked completely properly but you know what i mean it is it is a a practicing medicine so you know i guess if you're if you're using every available option maybe a combination a cocktail of treatment will work well so here's Uh, scotsman's tip zip yeah um bovine cortisone far cheaper by the way huh (laughs) is it really (laughs) i don't know no Uh, but living is the I one thing, if you do it right, that results always in death. 
<laughs> like that's profound, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Let me. I'm writing this down. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, I read Trick or Treatment. Uh, two authors, Simon Singh and Edzard Ernst, M.D. One of them is a scientist, doctor, and the yeah. other's a guy yeah. who's a, a, a skeptic, basically. And I'm yeah. I'm kind of a skeptic, so I wanted to see all this skepticism. And what's funny is at the end of the day, they yeah. they make some good cases about there being no scientific proof for naturopathic treatments. And they make a good argument, but then they pile on with a whole pile of might cause this. It's been said that it causes that. In other words, they break every rule they said about having to have they science. They just... <laughs> In other words, they're hypocrites. Well, they were completely hypocritical. By, and so for the yeah. last third of the book, I was skimming through it going, is that all you got? And then yeah. I put it down. Well, you know what they've got is skin in the game that they're not talking about. Yeah. Uh, could be. And, and you know, they might have been funded by the pharmaceutical industry because I'd like to write a, surprise. a companion book, and I would yeah. call it Patient or Customer. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Because... And, I, I, and believe me, you are so on point with that. Okay, because Western medicine, uh, since the pandemic... I am now being hounded, almost as if I needed a new cell phone plan in the 80s. <laughs> Remember when the phone companies used to call you? Out. Actually, it was the long-distance plan. They would call you even for your home phone. And they would wake you yeah. uh, in the middle of the night. They would call you during dinner, and they would say, Are you happy with your long distance? So I've been getting all these calls. Are you happy now. with an FCC call? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, what's going on is all these doctors that have been sidelined. The skin guy, you know, the um, my regular physical, the um, headache clinic, the uh, a whole bunch of different things. That, and they just keep calling, wanting to make appointments. Not It's not just medical, too. I mean, the people that do the annual service on our heating system are like, you're ready for your annual service. I'm like, no, yeah. no, it's running. But uh, so I started to you know think about medicine and how I'm a customer, and they want to sell me stuff whether I need it or not. So that's my caution. Yeah. And it's it's very weird that you bring this up because I contracted cancer probably 12 years ago, and it was uh, thyroid. Mm. And I mean, it was he found it with his bare hands, and maybe he just does have really well-trained hands. But mm. I had this nagging doubt 12 years later. I'm thinking, what if this guy just wanted to bill me for that operation? Right. What if he, he was in cahoots with the hospital? In other words, and just all like they do a bad is, is mechanic at an auto shop. Yeah. Yeah, they st they you know they they paint a little uh, tranny fluid around the pan that's on the bottom of the transmission, show it to you with a with a mirror, or walk you underneath the lift, and say, yeah, you know, if this get, let's go at highway speed, you got big problems. I think we got to remove the thing. And then they wipe it off and put some fresh goop around the outside and charge you eighteen hundred bucks, yeah. and it goes on every day. Well, um, I wouldn't be running the kids around from soccer practice. <laughs> exactly. Fear, the, fear tactics. At the beginning of the book, Trick or Treatment, uh, there is a story about a president of the United States who took a wacky treatment. 
Now, obviously, this was written before the current pandemic, so it's not Clorox. Yeah. It's not uh, hydro... Uh, what is it? Hydrochloroquine? <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the name of it, but I think that's that it. Yeah. And it's not, of course, today's latest thing, just unnecessary insulin. This was a president of the United States who was sick. And by the way, he had a flu. He had an illness that was very similar to kind of COVID-19 in its day. This particular president of the United States, his name is uh, George Washington. You've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Old wood teeth. Uh, he... Uh, his condition his condition was deteriorating so much that he awoke in the early hours at one point gasping for air. Hmm. Uh, so they concocted a mixture of molasses, vinegar, and butter. <laughs> Think about that. Made a poultice, <laughs> right? <laughs> Why well, get to nice grandma's secret mixture to cure the president? <laughs> it didn't work, of course. And so they did something that at the time was as popular as acupuncture is today. The practice was called bloodletting. You familiar with that? Ah, yes. Yes, I am. Oh, okay. Yep. You know, Greek physicians uh, believed that your blood would become stagnant and that that would be what, partially what causes ill health. So when someone was sick... They said, cut a hole in them and remove the stagnant blood. Hmm. Hmm. So if you had a liver problem, they would tap a vein Hmm. in your right hand because that's where they figured. This is starting to sound like acupuncture, by the way, if you really think about it. Yeah. (laughs) Because they figured that. that, The quackery's not new either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, the Greek medical tradition was held in such reverence that bloodletting grew to be a popular method for treating patients throughout Europe in the centuries that followed. Wow. So here's George Washington with a flu on the 13th of December, 1799. His personal secretary said, you should take some medicine. He said, you know, I never take anything for a cold. That sounds like the father of our country, by the way. <laughs> Literally a father. <laughs> Toughen up, America. Uh, pull up your pants. Shut I up. never take anything for cold. I'll let it go. Just it's. By the way, he almost said it's going to disappear like magic. He didn't quite say uh-huh. it. Uh huh. Anyway, uh, Washington was sixty-seven years old at the time. He said it's just a sniffle and a sore throat. Nothing to worry about. Uh-huh. He said I've been through much worse. I've had smallpox as a teenager. People think it's amazing how much I know about this stuff, but I do. I really get it. What is that? Familiar. Did you know that George Washington also had tuberculosis? Nobody knows more about tuberculosis than me, Bob. (laughs) Been there? I heard he had to... I, I heard he had carpenter ants in his teeth. That's a real <laughs> That's a very good one, Zach. Thank you for that. Anyway, when Washington was a young surveyor, that's what he did when he was a kid, he caught malaria Ooh, while working in mosquito-infested swamps in Virginia. So he's been there. He's been through that. And here he is, 67. He's got a little cold, you know. In 1755, he had miraculously survived the battle of Monongahela 
I hope I'm saying that right. Not our first Jewish president, but still, I appreciate the effort. Uh, in this battle, by the way, this is to show you what George Washington had been through. Two horses were killed beneath him while he fought. Four musket balls pierced his uniform but did not kill him. And at that time, in 1755... He mm-hmm. also had pneumonia. He caught malaria again. And then he d- developed something that I'm not sure what it is. Maybe, Zip, you've got this. A malignant carbuncle. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking you watch enough Wheel of Fortune. Like maybe you've got actual the Catskills. <laughs> No, it's the Catskills comic. It was some, yeah, it was something on his hip, and it incapacitated him for six weeks. So, having survived bloody battlefields, dangerous diseases, muskets, musket balls in his chest, and horses dying underneath him, this president gets a cold on Friday the 13th. It was Friday the 13th. Wow. And so, and so they give him that mixture, as I mentioned, molasses, vinegar, and butter. Uh, nothing. Nothing helped there. So the doctor comes, and he brings the surgical knife used for bloodletting. It's called a lancet, by the way. I'm sure you're familiar it's with a, that term. It's, got a t- it's a tube cut on an angle, is it? No? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Makes a small incision... In General Washington's arm and removes one th- removes one third of the liter of blood into a porcelain bowl. <laughs> he said, "This should help him out." The molasses and the butter didn't work, but I'm thinking this is going to do it. <laughs> Mix it in with the blood. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> drink it. <laughs> drink it. You'll live yeah. forever. You'll be undead, but hey. <laughs> By the morning right. of the fourteenth, in a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> By the morning of the fourteenth of December, still no sign of improvement. And his wife Martha, remember Martha Washington? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sure. She called the doctors and said, "Please come back." So three doctors show up at his house. Oh, Doctor James Crake, Washington's personal physician. Also, Dr. Gustavus Richard Brown. Gustavus is good for a doctor. Yeah. And Dr. (laughs) Elisha Cullen Dick. Dr. Dick, let's just call him. (laughs) Let's call him Robert. (laughs) They uh, diagnosed something they called dog strangulation at the time. Inflammation of the epiglottis. Okay. Obstructing Washington's throat. Does this sound like COVID-19? does to me. Hmm. Don't know. Haven't had it. So Dr. Craig was first with a, a, a non-invasive procedure. He applied some cantharides. Now, you probably don't know what those are. They're not popular at the Rite Aid pharmacy these days. But it was, <laughs> <laughs> okay. it was a preparation made of dried beetles. Uh-huh. They put dried beetles in his throat. That did not have any effect. So he said, you know, it's time for another bloodletting. Oh, God. So they cut Washington and they removed another half liter of blood. At 11 a.m., Washington was still not better. And they said, we better 
We probably didn't take enough blood. (laughs) (laughs) They removed another half liter. So, you know, because we're at, uh, what are we at? One and a third or one and a half liters. The human body only contains five liters of blood. Mm -hmm. So at this point, we're, you know, we're 25 to 30% of his blood. He's bordering on anemic, yeah. Yeah. Dr. Craig was not concerned, however. He said, uh, you know, this is what you do for this sort of thing. It's bloodletting. <laughs> it's been hundreds of years. It's, been, it's practiced forever in Europe. <laughs> the bloodletting uh, seemed to be helping, by the way, after that second procedure. Doctors now theorize that when you remove 25% of someone's blood, they, they seem to calm down. Wow. That's <laughs> this is George Washington, the father of it's our It's a slight country. knocking of the valves, but other than yeah, that, and, you're all right. Yeah. So, <laughs> and keep in mind, this is the golden parachute plan of the day, right? And by the way, the president has the best medical care available at the time, right? Yeah. Oh, care, I believe it was called. Never mind. Over the next few hours... Washington seemed to recover, and for a while he was able to sit up. But that was only temporary. When his condition deteriorated again later in the day, doctors said, well, you know, we just didn't take out enough blood. This time, when they started to take out the blood, it appeared thick. I believe the automotive term is vicious, viscous, Viscous. like when the oil is flowing slowly. The viscosity. Yeah. What they were saying is it was, that means, that proves that it was stagnant. What a doctor today would tell you is... Um, <laughs> Coagulation. That's called dehydration. <laughs> it's very bad. <laughs> it's not good. As the evening passed, the doctor could only watch grimly as numerous bloodlettings and various poultices failed to deliver any signs of recovery. Dr. Crick... And Dr. Dick would later write, the powers of life are yielding to the force of this disorder, as we can't save him. <laughs> Maybe if you stop sticking him. <laughs> By the way, George Washington knew that this wasn't working. He said uh, to his grandson, my hour is nigh, which is, by the way, very polite, politer than I'd be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He yeah, spoke. Bob would say, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, George Washington was a, a big man, by the way. Do you know, do you know that he, he was a super tall guy? I did not know that. I knew Lincoln was. I didn't think, know that Washington George Washington was. also was six foot three and a half inches. And he had Rare been the day. drained of half his blood in less than a day. Wow. The doctors responsible said it was a necessary last ditch effort to try and save his life. Uh, I don't want to spoiler alert here, uh-huh. but he died that night. <laughs> yeah. So that these night. were the most eminent doctors in the United Over States of America trying to save the president of the United States. Created the crop at the time. So just think about that next time you get a huge copay for something that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> While you were in the midst of that dissertation, 
Um, I looked up the <laughs> modern version of the Hippocratic Oath, right? Okay, yeah. Which I get, do you actually take that when you become a doctor, a medical doctor? You, you must, do. right? You do still? You yeah. swear. I swear to fulfill to the best of my ability and judgment this covenant. I will respect the hard-won scientific gains of those physicians in whose steps I walk and gladly share such knowledge as is mine with those who are to follow. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, you're just passing on, uh, you know, trial, but basically, you know, uh, give it a shot, and it may work, may yeah, not. Give it a so shot. there you go, practicing medicine. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to be fair, um, we've come a long way, and we've, we've got a life expectancy now that's amazing. You know, mid-70s, late-70s. 77, I think. Is it 77? for? It's older for a gal, younger for a guy? Right, yeah. We, we exit first, which they like. I, lo- I love also that your life expectancy changes based on how far you've made it so far. So far. Right. <laughs> no, seriously. So, Have you been studying actuarial tables in the weekends on your part-time? Or what? I, no, I, I read everything. Okay, I'm f- uh, almost finished with Netflix and Amazon Prime. I have medical textbooks now. <laughs> but, yes, uh, but anyway, the, the point of all this, I think, is that today we're, t- we're barraged with fake information, and most of us act as if Oh, harumph, we know what's right and that's wrong. But I, I'd say we, we, if we introduce one thing to our education, we should introduce skepticism and critical thinking. Critical thinking, yeah, woefully. Yeah, sure. Oh, and they should be taught to our children. It's too late for the old white guys. Just give us some mm-hmm. Viagra and a sedative and let us live out our days. That's fine. <laughs> Put us in Florida and put a, yeah. put a gimlet in our hands. If they'd given Washington, like, some Valium and Viagra, he would still be the father <laughs> of our country. You know, but when it comes to critical thinking, though, yeah, yes, it. when it comes to critical thinking, my father was a Depression-era kid, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of his critical thinking had to do with some MacGyver-type thinking to be resourceful and make stuff work at all right, costs. right. And recycle stuff. And that, I think, we're so disposable with everything we have, just buy a new one. Mm. Go on well, online and contact Jeff Bezos for everything. Yeah. So Well, you, you weigh the cost of replacement versus the cost of repair, and you instantly discard it if it's within five bucks. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's a whole other topic worth talking about, mm-hmm. by the way. I, I had a printer that needed a repair. It had an error message. Literally, it had an error message, an, and it said, there's a paper jam. Scam. And so I would yeah. go, and I would like clean out the place where there would have been a paper jam, and there was no paper in there. I took the whole thing apart 18 times, and it would work for like mm-hmm. a day, and then it would say, paper jam. And I was like, bullshit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this was like a really cool office printer that, you know, back in the morning show heyday, it paid big money for. And to get it repaired was potentially going to cost many hundreds, if not $500. And the printer my wife had in her office was a $300 laser jet. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of the saddest things I ever did. It was, I felt like I was putting down a pet. 
<laughs> you really get that attached to the technical well, anything, no because i believe i believe that when you, like as zip knows this because he he has this too i love technology i consider yeah. it a miracle of our lifetime that we get to live in this technological age where you know in the, in the old days when george washington wanted something print First, they hired a slave to write it on parchment or something. Right. <laughs> they would yes. roll it up and they would put, you know, some wax on it so you could prove it wasn't yeah. opened. Yes. If you wanted, uh, was the printing press, when was that invented? I don't, I don't well, If it's like 1400s, I guess. So it was around. Okay. So there were like it would be so hard to put a new blob of wax on something. If, I yeah. mean, boy, counterfeiting must have been tough on those days. <laughs> but even if I wanted to print when I was a kid, Printers yeah. were the, the sort of things that were only, you know, contained in big businesses. You didn't have a printer in Stenders. your house. It was crazy. So this yeah. printer, I was sad about it. And, you know, I, I told myself that it was going on a farm to play with other printers. <laughs> I don't know if that applies to printers. But well, okay. no, because no, I did a bunch of research. So electronic recycling yeah. is a very specific uh, industry. You know, for a long time, we were sending our, our dead electronics to the slums of Mumbai, and the children would play in the battery acid. Remember that? That's right. <laughs> I think that's a slight exaggeration, Bob. Right. Yes. So what I did is I, um, I, I did a bunch of internet obsessive compulsiveness, and I found mm -hmm. that the state of Vermont has electronic or technology recycling centers, and they actually have a pretty progressive uh, way of thinking about this. They can repurpose them into the community if they're useful. Hmm. Uh, but you don't get to know that. You just bring your printer to the approved recycling center and you go, I hope hmm. someone finds a home for this. And they go, give us your kitten and just turn around and don't look back. <laughs> does, it cost, does it cost you anything to toss that stuff? No. Wow, I'm amazed! Yeah, it does here initially with recycling? There was they you would go and you would get money, and then they started charging. So, so somehow it reversed, and they started charging you to take stuff in. Yeah, they started. It's funny. There are uh, like the cans for the seltzer I drink say five cents on them, mm -hmm. and when you go to recycle, there's a Boy Scout donation thing where you put the returnable cans in there, and then they process them for you, and you give the money to the Boy Scouts. Right. I I gotta say I'm kind of happy Lisa hasn't noticed this because <laughs> yeah. if she finds out I'm wasting all those nickels oh zip knows <laughs> I'll be in trouble alright is that right yeah so Ed you're know who controls you're in a heat yeah. wave your heat is broken in your penthouse uh, condo and you have a, f a fan on I do the and only fan in my life at this point. Out of that, how yes. is uh, other than that? How is Detroit for you these days? Uh, I finally got out. A friend uh, invited us over uh, for a barbecue, and of course, I'm not really a, a meat eater much. But I don't buy meat. But if somebody else is making the meat huh? and it's served, I don't say, "Oh no, I'm not a meat person." So, because I, I don't want to be high maintenance. So you're a lazitarian. <laughs> yes, I confess. Yeah, I'm okay. a lazitarian. Yeah. No, I'm pescatarian actually. But uh he you know, he 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 had the choice of beef or chicken skewers 
uh, David did, and uh, I just had the chicken, and it was it was fine. Mm. It was good, actually. So, did you guys have masks and social distance? Yes, I did. Uh, when um, from the time I uh, I left my place until I got to his actual door, and of course we didn't go. We we sat in the lanai mm. or the the back, which is all enclosed on his on his home. Right. And uh, we were literally about eight eight feet apart from each other. But of course, at the dinner table, we were a little closer together, and uh, we just figured that, that we, we've all been social distancing. So, oh, because he, all of his shows, he does a big uh, like multi million dollar shows, industrial show, not industrial, but um, business corporate events, hmm. and they they he basically lost a couple of million on the on the, on the back half of the year that just went away. No it, kidding. It oh, yeah. Wow. You know so. So he, that's why big, he didn't. Uh, outing, have, that's why he didn't have the party catered. He cooked it. The, that's right. <laughs> well, he always does. He's no. just not one of the. He's 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 like you and Lisa. They're you're two zero or two star people. Ah. you know, despite their lofty perch on the uh, socioeconomic scale. I think that was a compliment yeah. and an insult. Let me think about that. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, it is what you what you so make of it. You're Bob. getting some socializing in, though. That's good. Yeah, I'm finally beginning to kind of, yeah, I'm not quite as paranoid about it as I was. I mean, I've been going into the radio station two days a week ever, ever since. I consider that an essential service, but right. that's just me uh, patting my own resume. And now you work with, the station you go to is a conservative radio station, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. So have you had to wear a gag all along and the mask just hides the gag now? <laughs> You know, it's funny because when we do public appearances, or so, and I, I like you, I have conservative friends, and they say, "Well, I suppose you're not happy about this," and then they'll turn away from me and talk to the rest of the people at the party, you know, mm. <laughs> and they'll and they'll talk the good news about the economy or the uh, the nope. stock market. But I mean, your host knows that you're pretty liberal. Uh, well, he is. Uh, while Mitch Album doesn't identify as a liberal, he's uh, more of a centrist. I don't actually. Does he? Is he a, a centrist, even though he does a pretty yeah. conservative talk show? It's not a conservative talk show, I don't think. Oh. Uh, it's a conservative station, but we are co sort of the lone middle-slash-left voice on the air. You're, he's the token the reasonable. <laughs> I don't know that you, he would uh, approve of that label, but no, yeah. No, and mean, I'm, has, a, I'm a fan know. of his. I used to listen to his syndicated weekend show and, of course, the book Tuesdays with Maury. Uh, yes, Mitch is a podcast now. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. people. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, you you're you're allowed in there. Mm -hmm. uh, he, with, although he does not come in because he ha has a child from Haiti as an, an orphanage, an orphanage with uh, fifty two kids in in uh, Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Wow! And one of the children was here to get a brain operation, and when the, when COVID struck, so he's basically been uh, stranded here. And uh, Mitch is just delighted with it because he and his wife don't have uh, children and they're just enjoying Knox. And Knox has ended up narrating his uh, weekly chapters on an audiobook that he's putting out to raise money for medical clinics. That he's uh, so he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. Yeah, very benevolent soul. Yeah, yeah that's really nice. Yeah. He could go anywhere and he stayed here. So I give him full marks. But you're actually, go they send the less important people to the station to get COVID-19, but he stays home. Yeah, yeah, we chaff are fed to the, uh, mm. you know, the thresher. That's okay. <laughs> While the hoi polloi <laughs> stay home with their magic boxes. <laughs> How are you feeling? Are you, are you, because I'm curious about this with everybody, you too, Zip. How mm -hmm. are you feeling about the risk these days? There's no doubt in my mind that as 
the curve flattens and cases go down, if indeed that's happening where you are, that it feels like you can relax a little bit as long as you know that everything you do is still a risk. Do you guys have that feeling yet? Because you're both in big cities. Mm-hmm. Zip, go ahead. Uh, oh, well, I was just going to say, uh, that's that's an interesting observation because I'm not, uh, I, I figure if I just do what they say, I should be all right. And I avoid any ridiculous situation. But I think I'm, by going to the grocery store, I think I'm up against as, you know, much of a chance of going south as anything, you know? I mean, I don't know who's been in the store or who's going in the store while I'm there. If this makes makes you feel any better at all, Zip, uh, what I read recently, and again, you may read something different tomorrow, but contact, surface contact is far less risky than they initially estimated it to be and wearing a mask is far less far more important than they initially estimated it would be despite seeing a billion asian people wear masks they were like nah it's the u.s we don't need those (laughs) yeah well you know it's interesting why should we by the way but they're starting bloodletting next week and it's going to be great so (laughs) don't worry (laughs) but that's only to twitter because they're censoring his accounts yeah i feel we did have a couple of well, you did have a couple of people over uh, on Memorial Day, and I remember I sort of had that feeling that well, I know these guys and they're healthy and I don't have any worries. I, I can't believe I actually thought that, but I did. Sure, it's like the girl who you figured couldn't possibly carry a sexually transmitted <laughs> disease because she was very pretty and well dressed yeah. and went to church. Yeah. But you caught the chlamydia there's, anyway. There's some truth to that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's true. That is true. I have, is I, true. I've had that experience, so I will share that. Oh, well, <laughs> you're really tipping your hand here, Bob. Well, no, it was a long time ago, prior to Lisa's jurisdiction. Uh, <laughs> she put the dick in jurisdiction. Notice I put the dick in jurisdiction. <laughs> well, in the early days in the bands, that was true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, I don't want to say anything, but I got crabs from so and so. What? Yeah, that can't be. Not her. You know. Why? All of us had a good time with her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Come hey. on, man. She's entertained more semen than Bob Hope. For God's sake, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, by the way, this is oh, the wow. disclaimer. We're woke, yeah. enlightened, me too people. So. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, again, the that was a broad whole generalizations era. we made. Don't just apply to broads; they apply to guys too. Okay, that's true. It does. So we're the worst, sluttiest people, the guys. <laughs> we're broadcasters, after all. Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, uh, anyway, that's that's my main uh, contribution today. Let's look at some of the stories that uh, that you're working on, Ed, and uh, and I love these. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of moral dilemmas here. Uh, I guess there's this gal from America's Got Talent who said mm-hmm. she was harassed, and 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 NBC did their own. This is sort of like Matt Lauer in a sense, only it's different. But Gabrielle Union mm-hmm. departed. She was fired. But she and someone else were fired after only one season, right? Yeah, because uh, I think it was because she complained. She's saying she was a whistleblower about uh, stuff Signing that happened, out. and they said, um, yeah. we'll have an impartial investigation. We'll hire someone we know to do that. And Anyway, they had their investigation, and they determined that there's no evidence that 
any of her complaints were true. So, I don't know. Do we believe that? Well, there's a secondary issue here in that uh, she was apparently upset with Simon Cowell smoking because she was a singer. Oh, that's and, right. And uh, yeah. he... It's his show, so he, you know, he's the thousand-pound gorilla. Notoriously, not a real sweet dude. I mean, he did no. sleep with his, or did steal his best friend. No, he should, Democrat should have run him for president. I mean, Simon Cowell in a debate with Donald Trump, wouldn't you? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pay-per-view time. So this kofefe, what exactly does that mean? <laughs> Okay. So uh, anyway, so oh, so is that the bigger issue? Because it's a whole investigation looked like a cover-up to me. Yeah. Well, you know, they're going to spin it just to protect the uh, the entity, and they're going to do it to to keep. Was Simon is the again the the guy that brought the show over from Britain, right? Right. Originally, Britain's Got Talent, wasn't it? And they brought it over here. So they're going to do what they, they can to cover his butt and his reputation. Because right. uh, the investigation, uh, it says, through the investigation process, it's revealed that no one associated with the show made any insensitive or derogatory remarks about Mrs. Ms. Union's appearance and that neither race nor gender was a contributing factor. Uh, yes, he, does, he did sm- blow smoke in her face, but, you know, toughen up. That's not... That's not nice. It's really not and nice. And she is no. a singer, and, and they can be, that can be damaging to your, you know, bronchial stuff. Right. Somebody, especially if the stuff that those Brits smoke, it could be <laughs> different altogether for all we know. Should, uh, so, a, so should Simon Cowell be allowed to smoke? Is no, a, is I don't a, think he should. Is a question, is it a legal, legal question? That's a good one. I'm not a lawyer. I only play one in really bad television ads. Um, <laughs> I can't tell you that. I think it's I think it's illegal in studios because they have they have every time I've ever been on set or on a television yeah. at a television it would station, seem to they, be illegal outside. in the workplace from my experience, but I've, period, I never researched period. it. All right, uh, and then uh, Lori Laughlin uh-huh. and yeah. uh, her guest designer husband. How do you pronounce his name? Mo- Mosimo Janulli. Massimo Giannulli. Do you remember the black and white ads with Claudia Schiffer on the back of almost every rag where she was wearing that sort of demi-cup corset? No? Anyway, that's his brand. (laughs) Got it. So uh, anyway, they're going to find out what their sentence is on August 21st. Why does it take that long? It's, It's... I don't. I think they just like to keep them in suspense. I really do. I just think that's part of the that's punishment. That's part of the punishment. Yeah, <laughs> it's May twenty ninth, yeah. and June, July, August is ninety days. Uh, they agreed. I thought they had a plea deal to serve two months in jail, pay one hundred fifty k, and do a hundred hours of com- community service. Uh, right. Janulli agreed to serve five months, pay two hundred and fifty k, and do two hundred and fifty hours. They came down on him harder. Uh, Boston yeah. federal judge. So clearly he was the bag man here. Oh, he know. had the money. Okay. Nathaniel Gordon yeah. has to sign off on the deal for it to be finalized. But, uh, you know, mostly likely it will. Behind the scenes, a source tells People magazine, Lori and Mossimo deeply regret what they did. This experience has taken a huge emotional and physical toll on yeah. both of Espe- them. Especially since they found out that lying wasn't going to work in their favor. Right. 
because that was their original yeah, tag. Yeah, I've, I've, I find it hard to feel sorry for them. I especially, yeah. these are the ones with the pictures of the daughters on the rowing machine that were photoshopped, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. right. Sports teams, yeah. Love it. Making the fake jocks. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, uh, hey, what do you think would be, is that an appropriate punishment? Oh, like the, the, $400,000. Didn't they spend five hundred k to get him into the school? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so they're out a total of a million, right? Or did That's they get a refund on their five hundred k? Do you do you know what that syndication check? How fat that is from Full House? Which they what they should have fined them for was making that series because I just found <laughs> it unwatchable. I just thought that, and I, with apologies to right. Dave Coulier, who is sort of a, an acquaintance and, and a Michigander and lives here and is back here, I, yeah. but he too knows that it was just it was drag. Well, if we you know, if but if we the, start finding people for bad broadcast TV shows, we yeah. will run we, out of prison we, space. Real we'd fast. all be broke. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> anyway. That's uh, that story uh, plods along, and do you think it'll change anything? Like, um, you know, I, I I actually think that it could because it, it it became such a high pro deal. It became such a high profile case, and this is you know I don't think that she's ever going to land another role. It's hard enough for women past forty to land a role. It's sad right. but true, and uh, on anything but uh, the, the Hallmark Channel. Well, uh, uh, but don't count out uh, Showtime, HBO, Netflix, Amazon Prime taking advantage of her name recognition. And I would well, not her, be I would yeah. not be surprised though if she does the mea culpa thing and gets all teary eyed yeah. and really apologizes and put puts on the style for that. Wouldn't it be great America if they did a movie about a mother who photoshops her daughters onto rowing machines? <laughs> There's so many jokes. I'm just going to let them all go. All right. <laughs> I really am. It's good to Too know. Many parents. All right. Before we go, a couple of things. Um, uh, I Boston do... Marathon canceled for good. Yeah, which I is saw that. For the year. That's a harbinger if I've ever, ever heard one. Well, for them, to, for them to have postponed it to September and now say, never mind, mm. is it, it's kind of an admission that we're running an experiment that we don't expect to go well, and we do expect absolutely a absolutely. resurgence. Tipping the their holes. hand, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Uh, on the other hand, if it magically disappears, we're gonna look like fools. If people on the course just handing the runners cups of bleach, we'll be all set. Yeah, that's it. Bleach and yeah. insulin and butter and molasses. You should try it. <laughs> It okay. keeps the chafing from between the cheeks. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. They did say they were going to have a virtual Boston Marathon. Now, is that where everybody runs their own race on the honor system and they get some kind no. of participation trophy? No, they get 100,000 people on Pelotons, and then they get an endorsement <laughs> deal. <laughs> oh, no, I hope not. And a Zoom, a Zoom room. Do you know the answer to that? I thought, and the fundraisers, I think that's what that's about. Okay, yeah. Because when I ran the Boston Marathon, I did it about five times. Uh, I was not fast enough to get a qualification number. I was one of the unregistered people. But they would still give you a T-shirt and a medal congratulating you for running. And the last time I ran it, you had to put on a, um, what was it, a, an RFID chip in your sneaker oh my. so you couldn't take the train oh. to the prude, right? <laughs> might take a plane might take a train 
So uh, anyway, sad. Uh, it's the first time in what is it? A hundred and is that like a hundred and thirty-four years or something? In the the Boston Marathon. Uh, one hundred twenty-four years. One hundred twenty-four. The Boston Marathon yeah. has never been canceled in all of that wow. time. Mm-hmm. Before we go, we do have a little Trump uh, action here. Can you set this one up for me, Ed? I really can't because I did it so early in the day. I've lost it. So this is you, and <laughs> yes. it'll be fresh to you as well. Good. Yes, it will. Our non-diabetic president who wondered aloud if he should be taking insulin is now making life and death decisions in an all-new medical drama. Dr. Trump, this man's legs were crushed in a car accident. It's Trump ER. It looks like we'll have to amputate. I don't have an amputated leg. Should I? Huh? I mean, I never thought about it. Trump ER. He cares for other people while only caring about himself. Mr. Anderson, I have good news and bad news. Good news, we found you a donor kidney. Oh, thank goodness. Well, what's the bad news? I'm taking it. I never thought about it, but I wonder if I should have a second kidney. But Dr. (laughs) Trump, you already have two functioning kidneys. I knew that. Every patient matters, (laughs) but none more than the man with no patience at all. Trump ER. (laughs) Dr. Trump, the patient is unresponsive. Quick, check my pulse. All right, and here's a twisted tune. You know, COVID-19 is actually a SARS illness, and this legendary SARS song that we put out somewhat applies except that the united states is uh, you know leading the world not hong kong here we go expiration date. (laughs) Well, you know, look, we're supposed to blame China, so I figure I'm being patriotic. The world's gone crazy. And we're just trying to keep up. Bob and Zip.